Tile friends, welcome back to another episode of Tile Money, the podcast where I, Luke Miller, discuss the business of tile installation. Today I'm sitting down with my good friend Adam Kofer and my newfound friend Kristen Blanchard. Kristen, how are you today? I'm doing great. Good, nice. good. Yeah, yeah, good. Thanks for thanks for meeting up with me. Yeah, and thanks Adam for taking time out of your Saturday to meet up with us. A surprise yeah, guest today. It's a surprise guest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we recruited him in here today. We, we, found, lunch and we found him washing dishes down at the Shell Beach Brew House. <laughs> brought him along. <laughs> Actually, I asked if he wanted to be my photographer, but I said, hey, this guy's smart. Let's bring him in here. <laughs> he knows a, a thing or two. I, I kind of insisted that I get on. I said, yeah, you can buy me lunch and you can uh, put me on the show. And, yeah. He's starting on right now. You and I actually met back in the Yardix event, so back in, in June-ish. Terry, don't hate me if I mix up events, but I think it's June. Or yeah, about the Mud GTP. Yeah, one, one of the guys I talked to for quite a while. So. so I was happy to see you today when we went to the restaurant, but it was actually you. So it wasn't 100%. There was about six Adams that I know that I talked to, so yeah. I wasn't 100% sure. But yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, glad to have you. Um, obviously, we're going to get into some weedy topics and get into some business topics and some tile topics. Um, so we've got some fun questions here. I thought we'd start with the fun stuff. Um, we we posed it to social media, and we've got about five six questions here. Um, Carlo Craner, excuse me, Carlo. Car yeah, Carlo, yeah, Carlo Craner. Um, he asked you. I hear a lot about how much more expensive Weedy is than other types of board. Is the warranty as long as other brands? So maybe you could talk about the warranty, Weedy. I love it. Okay, so warranty is actually pretty simple. If you guys, Carlo, I know you have one. If you have a technical manual or a spa and shower brochure, it lines out the difference between a standard 10-year warranty and then the 15 or the 20-year warranty. So um, both warranties are comprehensive. Comprehensive meaning the whole shower. Okay, and we're not just talking about weedy. Uh, so let's let's back up and see what happens if you submit a claim. You do your shower, you install it, you do the tile. Six months later, a year later, five years later whatever up until the timeline. Uh, your homeowner calls you and says, hey, there's a leak. You call me, you call your rep, whatever your rep looks like, bring them out there. We'll do an inspection. We'll check the obvious stuff first. Hey, is the drain tightened? Whatever little things that we can do, you just make sure you get those things off the, off the checklist. If we figure out that there's more going on, we do, a, we do a little inspection and it's pretty easy for us to do this, and we determine that the weedy system was installed as per the instructions, which come in, well, they come with the instructions and the products, they come in the pictures, and, uh, they come from the reps like me doing training classes, talking on the forums on TTP, MUD, and uh, everywhere else. The instructions are everywhere, YouTube videos. If the product is installed according to the instructions and it fails, uh, maybe the, the, the ceiling didn't bond or a board, something happened to the board, whatever the reason is, the weed is at fault. Okay, We deal with that. Instead of just taking uh, the corner and saying, well, you, your back left corner is leaking, we're going to cut out a square foot here. Okay. Replace it, put a new tile, and there you go. It's comprehensive. I'm going to deal with the entire thing. So that's the weedy, that's the labor, that's the demo, that's the new labor, the new material, etc. We're not just cutting a check for, hey, here's your 1200 bucks in weedy. Okay, it's pretty simple. So it's, it's 10 years from the date of purchase. So caveat, if you run a proper business, you should do this anyway. Keep your invoices for you know, where you bought it from. Okay? I need, when, I, when you call me and say, hey, I got, a, I got a weedy question, I need a claim. I want to know immediately, first of all, is there weedy here? You would think yes, but the weedy needs to be there. You can't have demoed the shower already and then want us to come and look at it, right? The weedy has to be there. It has to be weedy. 
but we need to have a timeline for when you've got it. If those three things can happen, then we can do our job completely, okay? Now that's the legal liability. That's us saying we're going to take care of this product. This product is free from defect, free from, I'll let you read all the verbiage uh, in the manuals and stuff, but now fast forward, we got a 15 year and a 20 year pro warranty, so that, that, that will segue into what we talk about a little bit later, I imagine. Um, it's the same, same mechanic, but for 15 years, um, as long as every product in that installation is weedy, and you have to be a weedy pro, a certified pro. So we have two classes, right? We have our workshops, our three, our three hour workshops, you'll kind of see guys like me will build a whole weedy mock-up. Um, Carlo, you've been, a lot of these guys have been one I've hosted about 20 plus of them here in California in the last nine months. Um, and that's kind of weedy 101, okay? That makes you a certified installer. A certified installer just means, hey, I know weedy, I have access to the rep, you know? We hang out, we hang loose together, whatever, we build a, a shower system together. And I know who I can get to and talk to five questions, and I actually have hands-on experience putting Weedy in a, in a mock-up with a Weedy rep. So that's what that means, okay? A pro installer is a pro, okay? We're not really talking about the homeowner market or DIY. We're talking about pro installers who have come to our two-day class, which we're going to, uh, which I'm working on now for, for San Francisco or Sacramento in quarter one of 2019. It's two days long. We have three different shower pan designs, right? Core designs, and many, many sizes and configurations. We build a mock-up of all three of those showers, and then there's formal testing. We go over tile council North America specs. We go over tile theory. It's not just weedy. We're talking full level. It's pro-oriented, okay? There's yeah. a formal test involved in it. You pass the test, nice. and mm -hmm. weedy issues you an actual serial number, if you will, a license. Okay. That license is good for four years from the date that it was issued to you. Um, caveat to that real quick, I know some people have been like, well, what the heck, why does that expire? You're just trying to screw me, right? Well, no. Practices change. Yeah. Right? Continuing education. This is a way for us to say we want you back because what we did four years ago is not exactly the same as we do today. So that's the reason why we want you. We want to be connected with you routinely. We felt that four years was a reasonable period of time. Okay, technology's changed. So once you get that Weedy Pro certification, you as an installer are now allowed to market that 15 year or 20 year warranty. Okay, on the 15 or the 20 year, there's a $20,000 cap. On the standard 10 year warranty, there's not a cap. Okay, but think about the uses there. We're thinking that's commercial. A lot of that will be commercial. Okay, so 15 year warranty is everything has to be Weedy, installed correctly, has to be registered which means we need to have pictures, and again, all this information is in uh, the technical books, in the spa manual, in our warranty statement. It's plastered everywhere. Um, you have to provide at least minimum of two pictures of installation before finishes are installed. Okay, And then you have to give us building information, who owns the building, who the actual client is, whether that be an architect, a GC, architect, whatever. Um, and you have to submit that along with a copy of the invoice that we need purchased. That becomes a filed, or a uh, registered install with us, and you get 15 years now. To get a 20-year warranty that extends a little bit more, you need to incorporate some sort of an accessory, a bench, um, some sort of a, an additional purchase item in there, and then the whole room needs to be waterproofed, not just a shower. I'm interested. Have you focus on commercial, probably. Okay. It would be that take. And that gives you a 20-year warranty. And again, that's inclusive of everything. So let's just say, back to the beginning part of this, um, you know, the, the, the old lady Jenkins that you went to and you redid her shower and everything and it ended up leaking and actually leaked downstairs on top of her 
TV and her couch and it caused TV and couch damage and we was responsible for that. We pay for all of that. Comprehensive. We are not talking about affected material and affected square footage only, or we're not talking about weedy only. So I don't want to talk about what other companies or other warranties do or do not do, Carlo, or anyone else asking this question, but from the frame of what weedy is, that's what we're providing. That's like a great we do research about yeah. other stuff. That sounds like a great comprehensive. I really like how you explain that. Thank you. Adam, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, well, he touched. you touched on something that uh, I thought would be appropriate for this podcast, um, being it, that it's about the business of tile. And that's the importance of really record keeping and proper bookkeeping and job costing. So if you uh, really want that warranty, you really need to be diligent about, you know, keeping your invoices and that helps you with your bookkeeping anyway because you should be, we all should be, and it's harder for smaller guys to do, but we really should be comprehensively job costing and going, well, I use five sheets of Weedy that cost me this much per foot or whatever, however you want to look at it. I put this many hours into my job and all of those things help you, give you data to actually make sure your price is the right so price. So you know your numbers. You know your numbers. Yeah. And then you have That's the important. added benefit of, I know I have proper records when, if the day comes that I have to make a claim. I like it. Yep. I like it. It's just going to lead to more record keeping, you know, not less. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, and as, as a small contractor myself, those are challenging things, but those are necessary steps to becoming a real, uh, you know, real business. You bet. I can pay all that money for it. You have this, you have, you can, if anyone knows me, you know I talk about cars. Porsches a lot, but you, know, you go and buy that Porsche. It's state of the art, right? You pay pay all that money for it. He know that that thing can perform at 180 miles an hour and go around this corner at a certain level. Okay. Yeah. Well, what happens when you don't maintain it? Sure. Yeah. A system does not work if not properly maintained. So, in my yeah, opinion, in, in construction, or in any business, but obviously construction business and tile business, if you're not properly documenting what you're doing, if you're and this goes in when we talk about bids and stuff, then you're not really servicing the product that you're installing, you're not really servicing that product you pay for. So, and, and, and you know, that's probably the case with any system that you purchase. It's a system as opposed to a method, as opposed to an individual product. These things go together a certain way and there has to be back, there has to be backbone to that. There has to be, and there's plenty of backbone that we eat. So, it's not just fire and forget product. It takes away, uh, I'm not a scientist, but let's say 90 to 95% reliability. Yeah. Takes takes away that. But does that mean that you should just not document and not keep things and not worry about it? Because weedy is so safe that oh you know, I'm not I'm never gonna really have to deal with it, so why keep it? No, you should absolutely keep it. Yeah. So there's um, a little fun statistic for you. And we don't have two thousand eighteen obviously, but in two thousand seventeen we had twenty seven thousand, this is a rough, you know, rounded number, but twenty seven thousand weedy installations in the country. If you compare that to how many showers there are, that's really not a lot. But there's 27,000 weedy installations in 2017. We had a grand total of 40 callbacks. 4-0. Wow. Now, it doesn't mean the 4-0 um, warranty claims that we had to go and issue out. That's calls saying, come look at my shower. 4-0. Of that, we had one. That was our fault. That was our fault. It was a rep like myself who simply told me installer incorrect information, installer followed that information, and of course we took, we took responsibility for that. So if you look at those numbers, I can compute it on the phone, but I just did this last week in Chicago, that's like 0.002%. Yeah. 
a failure. Yeah. Okay. That means you're safer installing a weedy system in your house than you are flying the plane. That's wild. So <laughs> that's wild. Dude. A little bit of numbers for you guys. The yeah. when you're when there in your phone watching this video, go back and look through that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's some good information. Thank you. You know, and that actually covers both uh, the first and the second question. Adam Christensen had wanted to know about the pro, um, the benefits to being a pro. I might have looked at these questions ahead of time. Yeah. Oh, that's you know, <laughs> the thing about it is, is um, it seems to be a hot topic and something they want to answer. So I think you did a really good job of answering that. I'm, I actually learned learned a lot about that. Just Before that. we move on to that, let me follow up as kind of an ancillary. Uh, remark, I've actually talked to Adam about this personally on, on, on social media, it is not good business to sell a product out the door as fast as you can for the sake of making this one high dollar sale. This applies to you, applies to me, applies to Weedy, applies to everybody, applies to whoever made that TV, etc, etc. And then compromise your loyalty in the back end of that. If you have to compromise in the front end to get a sale out the front end, you've sold a flash product, you have no loyalty. It's not good business to push out something quickly without backup, okay? So we want long term. Here's the thing, I'm a sales rep, right? I don't actually do any selling though. You're not buying weed for me. You're never gonna buy weed for me. So my job's a little interesting. Um, I, I typically will work with distributors. I'm not interested in getting Adam to buy weed he wants or you to buy weed he wants. Yeah, I would love it. Please buy it, I'm grateful if you do use it. But my purview, the reason why I have a job is not to convince you to buy weed twice. Okay, we want, and this is true of any good marketing program, we want loyalty. The loyalty is less of a logical, less of a, a reasonable standpoint, and it's more of an emotional standpoint. Okay, I fly a lot in this job, as you know. This is a great example. Most of the time, I fly Alaska Airlines. I have a lot of points. They bought me up to first class. Sometimes they almost always bought me up to premium class, at least. You know, and I board sooner, and I like it. And here's the thing: when I go to Vegas actually out of my way to fly Alaska because I have to go to San Francisco to fly to Vegas and use Alaska. But I do it anyway. I can fly out of Sacramento and go on an airline. I do that because it's a loyalty thing. It's an emotional thing. They've bought my loyalty by giving me enough comfort and safety and confidence in their product and their services and their, their culture that I drive two and a half hours from my house to San Francisco to fly to Vegas and Alaska. But I can fly directly out of Sacramento and so put that in perspective. We want to encourage loyalty. So it is in our best interest, and consequently your best interest, and consequently the homeowner, the consumer's best interest, who pays all of our bills right, that we keep a good relationship with you. We don't care if we sell one or two systems. That's not the point. We want to teach. We want to educate. We want to pioneer. We're not really in the business of blending in with the cool guy right now. That's not really the point. So the warranties. The point of the warranty is not to provide a basis for us to legally get out of responsibility out of a certain install. I can speak from my own experience. I've gone on warranty claims on a half a dozen warranty calls that were deemed and admitted to not be our liability. And we still did as much as we could for them because we want to keep that interaction. We want to positively affect the market. So the entire perspective, this is my point of the entire thing that I'm saying here, the whole perspective of what we're doing is framed from the standpoint of we want to know, we want to be involved, we want an actual relationship with, because we want loyalty. And with that comes sales, you bet, because if we don't sell, I don't have a job, right? 
we all know that. We're all salespeople when it comes down to it. But we're affecting our industry. Yeah. And when Granny Jenkins is happy ultimately, she's the one who's actually paying all of our salaries, the industry is strengthened. So at no point in time, and I don't think this is true with any of the other guys either, the other color, the other flavor systems, at no point are we trying to get away from liability. Right. We're there to help. In fact, from a salesperson standpoint, when you come to me with an objection, we used to sell cars, people are like, I don't like this. Right. That gives me something to accomplish. That gives me, your objection is an opportunity for me to cater to you specifically and get you to come back and buy another two, three, four car from me. So I have a walk on So that's, that's the way that I believe is a healthy way to frame our interactions with the public, yeah. our interactions with the installers. Because even though you don't pay our salaries, the consumer does, you're still a customer. So. Can you take that uh, that same perspective and then try to spin that from the contractor's point of view and his customers? Yeah, he needs loyalty I, too. Yeah. yeah. So Especially right. as a small guy. Yeah. How I mean, you may not have a way to even calculate this. I sure didn't when I was installing. But what does it cost for you to obtain a customer? Right. I mean, we're talking a massive. The moment you get in front of them, you got to work that for everything that you can get, and you need to be. You need to absolutely make them love you, like you, respect you, trust you. That's true for me in my job. That's true for you guys all day long. And, and I like your illustration of the airplane, and it ties into what we're talking about. If I called you up and say, hey, you know, um, I, I got a trip coming up to Arizona or, you know, New York. What, you fly a lot, you know, you fly a lot. What do you recommend? What airline do you think you recommend? You're going to say, hands down, what was the last Alaska, Alaska has airline. been great for me. I'm hands down. Yeah. And now you become a spokesman. And as business owners, we become the spokesmen of the companies that we trust and that we're loyal to. Yep. And loyal so, to. And our customers then kind of the same for us. Yeah. You know, so. yep. It, yep. And it, it circles back. Exactly. Then the customers yep. say, you know what? Adam Colfer Tile, he installed this amazing tile job and he was actually so excited about not just the tile but what was behind the tile and we're so excited about it as well we we never knew you know the difference but now we do yeah that's so now I'll take that take our our example of that and I'll spread that across the whole industry now the, and we were talking about that at lunch today right that open communication where we respect the fact that old, old lady Jenkins maybe an old lady Jenkins but she's got an iPhone, she's got Google, right. and she's watched a few videos. And we all right. joke about that, right? Oh, well, you know, I watched a YouTube video, I know that's all that. But the fact is, is that our consumers are far more educated now than they were in the early 90s. Yeah. And far, I mean, in the early 90s, Encyclopedia Britannica was my Google, okay? And I was, I was hot stuff out in that. Yeah. Like, that was cool, yeah. okay? So we have to understand that our end consumer knows more. It may not be accurate information, but they don't know that. Yeah. It's not our duty now to not only install and to service the business, but it's also our duty to sell. And it's our duty to educate. Selling is, a, is not a passive thing, okay? Right. How often would, if I just say, hey guys, buy Wheaties the best. I mean, that, that's, that's how I feel, yeah. But how, how many people would buy Wheaties because I just say, hey guys, buy Wheaties the best. Hang loose for okay? I might get a couple guys, but that doesn't build a market. How do you know that, in your opinion, color this or flavor that or this, whether it be weedy or whatever else, is better than something else? You know that because of open communication from those companies, and you know that because of what, you, what you've what you done provides the evidence for what they've done. 
we go back to the car, now, okay? if I'm selling you a, a used Toyota or I'm selling you a Porsche, and I basically tell you that I frame it like, well, they both got an engine, both got transmission, they both got wheels. One cost $120,700, and one cost $2,700. Who's gonna go with the Porsche? It's the same thing, right? I know that sounds crazy to us now, it sounds asinine because we know what a Porsche is, but but to our industry, people don't know that. People do not understand the difference between ceramic and porcelain. They don't understand the difference between Home Depot's 79 cents per square foot porcelain, which is rejected ceramic, right? To, not to call that Home Depot, but you know, they have good stuff too, but as opposed to the stuff that you're paying six or seven dollars per square foot for at your tile boutique. They don't know that there's differences in the craftsmanship and the way that the materials work or don't work. And the limitations, you know, if, you, if you're going to put marble in a shower, you can do that. But there's some things you need to know about that, right? It has nothing right. to do with what's behind it. If they don't know all that stuff, it's all the same to them, right? Yeah. So I think that's our job as a manufacturer to educate you guys. And it's your job, ultimately, to educate the consumer about all these things. So this goes into what I was talking about before, where I think tile, especially, this isn't only true about tile, but certainly for tile installers, you have your people who simply install, but then you have your artisans, right, masters, right. the people that are running a business. We get enough of those people that are running a business that are masters of it, and the entire industry shifts and changes for the better, not worse. You know, when, first, when, when YouTube first came on, when, when AOL first said you got mail and now you can look up everything on the planet, okay, a lot of bad information on the internet. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. There still is. But there's going to be, unless people like us speak up and say, this is actually the proper way to do something, and you do it this way because X, Y, Z. And in that way, this allows you the opportunity to say, hey, it's more expensive. Well, why do you? Absolutely. But there's this product we do. There's this product of whatever it is that you prefer. Right. And it accomplishes these things by doing this. Oh, I'm willing to pay 120 grand for that Porsche that goes 200 miles an hour around the corner. Because now they know what happens if they try to go 80 around the corner of the camera. Right. Right? So that's my, my two cents on it, is communication. So yeah, I like it. I like it. Communication, sales, um, belief, you know, loyalty, it all plays a, a very important part in running our business. You know, our, our good friend Lance uh, Latham, he had a, a good question here about <laughs> how much fun are you going to have at the next My Name is Mud 2? Now, for those of you who don't know what this is, there's a Facebook group called Mud. And they have a they have a little shingding, if you will, a little powwow. <laughs> and where where is this in Fresno? I, yeah, it's in Fresno. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah. A, I believe it'll be at Desoto. At Desoto's in in, um, in Fresno. So he said, how you know how are you looking forward to that? I know you were at the last one. I wasn't at my name is Mud the first one because that happened oh, okay. in March. And okay. I got hired by company in March, but that's all good. Um, but I've been to Desoto. I've opened them up as a distributor. And Lance, I spent a lot of time with Lance and Mario, and, and uh, I can go on and on and on with the names. Uh, but what he's getting at is uh, the mud crowd, particularly here in California, for those of you that may not be here, uh, is uh, a lot of character. A lot. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a, uh, a biker gang having a meeting at the bar. <laughs> that's kind of how that feels. So I actually, to actually really answer the question, and I think Lance knows this, and that's why he's probing me, um, I don't like talking with mud guys a lot, actually. Um, don't get me wrong, like, I'll talk to everybody. It's my job, and I like, you know, I'll talk to mud guys, uh, foam guys all the time, but mud guys are, are particularly, especially in that area that I've met, I've met a decent selection of them. Uh, spicy. They're spicy. <laughs> they're, they're spicy. That's um, a good way to put it. 
and they're not, they're, they're not, we, we had this in the Marine Corps, you kind of think like, oh, the infantry guys are just a bunch of like, grunts. Obviously they like, don't have any other skills, so they just run around with a gun all day. Well, here's an actual reality. Those infantry guys running around with a gun all day are super smart. That's why they're alive still. <laughs> so, but we, but we don't think about it that way. And I feel like that's kind of how the mud is. Like you think like, oh, they're, they're just, you know, the monkey slinging mud. But actually, if you understand how mud works or something that doesn't work and why it doesn't work and how it does work, you, you again, it goes back to my artisan comment. Um, I'm all for using weedy guys. I'm all for using <laughs> foam. Uh, but I would, I would even make fun of myself and say, just kind of a joke about like, installing weedy is a little more arts and crafts. Okay, when you're doing tile work, that's that's absolutely a craftsmanship thing. I think when you're doing mud, and by mud, I don't just mean I mean mud pans, yeah, but I mean floating too. There's a lot of craftsmanship that goes into that too. It's yeah. much more of a process. It's a it's a skill that you really have to earn. It is a true skill set. Okay, what let's let's really be honest. What do you need to install weedy? Okay, and I'm not ashamed to say this because this is good for me. Um, you need to be able to read a tape measure. Uh, you know, use a hand saw or a circular saw, you know, maybe cut a straight line or a taper or, you know, uh, use a screw gun, use a trowel, use a putty knife, uh, use a caulking gun, and a level will be real handy. And these are really basic tools yeah. right now. Uh, no, we don't even think about it. Let's talk about mud now. What does it take? Well, now I can sit here and expertly tell you what's needed in most mud situations. But me telling you that gives no credence whatsoever to how it actually gets done. So with that comes a lot of pride, which of course they've earned, and I, and I respect that. And I don't, I don't, I haven't got that far yet. You know, I've done a dozen mud pants. I'm not a mud guy. You know, I've used it. Uh, so no, he lives in a he lives in Hawthorne, California. Actually. Oh, Hawthorne. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so he's a he's a California native. Yeah, he's California native. Um, this is his business card here. Look at that. Gary D. Uh, Cup? Yeah, Gary D. Cuffy Ceramic Tile. Cuffy Ceramic Tile. Yeah, Hawthorne, Incredible. California. Let's see, his license was... Uh... Okay. I guess it, I thought that was his license. It said cell phone. Oh, uh, yeah. This this is a... Uh, this is legit, man. Yeah. That's awesome. It's uh, uh, the, the, the bitterness of a poor installation lingers long after the sweetness of a cheap price. For sure. I love that. <laughs> that's, I his love that. that's his saying. <laughs> I love that saying. <laughs> That is a good. That is a good model. Yeah. So what did he? Um, so he, how, how long was he in the Thailand installation? For? Uh, he pretty. He moved to. He was from North Dakota. No way. Yeah. I'm from North Dakota. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's classic. Yeah. Do you know whereabouts? Uh, he was? Fargo. Fargo. Yeah. I, I'm born uh, about 45 miles from there. From really? Fargo. That's yeah. classic. I, that's uh, my grandma, Detroit Lakes. So yeah. It's. Yeah. Pretty much my whole family is back Minnesota, North Dakota. No way, man. <laughs> and then my grandfather and my grandma, they, they wanted to raise their family in California, so they packed up the car and all their stuff and hit the road to California. And my grandmother, she put uh, 45 years into the United States Postal Service. Okay. And my grandfather became a contractor to the Postal Service, helping build post offices in Thailand, United States Post Offices uh, throughout California. And no way. Worked his way up to sitting in the... In the, I don't know, he was on the table for some big chair. Uh, I don't know, U.S. Postal Service, pretty much. Yeah. Been, been tiling postal offices. What a story. That is incredible. From there, one thing led to another, you know. And so he traveled up and down California, yeah. uh, east and west, all of California, tiling postal offices. Yeah. And incredible. it's crazy because, uh, yeah, it's wild, hey. It's funny because before my mom and dad had me, 
my dad was actually working for my for my grandpa as a tiler. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is that is that your your dad's dad, your grandpa, or uh, your mom's dad? My mom's dad. Okay. So then that's your mom's dad, and then your dad, your father was working for your grandfather. Yeah, just he needed part time work, and he started. He was just tiling, and that's how he met my mom. And is he still a, a tile? No, he's, or he's not a tile setter. No. Okay. Okay. But it stuck with you. I mean, at five years old, there's, you know, we we all hear these stories. I unfortunately, you know, I I was an old man at 17 when yeah. I started, so I had a, I didn't have the advantage that a lot of you guys have. As, <laughs> you know, when I was younger, I loved it, and then my grandpa said, "Hey, once you get a little, once you start tasting a little bit of some, uh, when you start getting some girls, and you start tasting that." The red-headed, red-headed, freckle-faced little girls running around. You're gonna be over this tiling thing, and you're sick. Gonna be sick of your hands and this and that. And it's funny because when I probably like 16, 17, that's when I started getting into the surf trade, and I was like, "Fuck this tiling! Like, yeah. it's hard work. I'm gonna go sell shirts and design shirts." And yeah, got into that, and then uh, full circle came back around when I got to Australia. Uh, just the population difference and the t-shirt trade and all that I think I kind of got burnt out in it just all the hype and fakeness and just everything that comes with it and it brought me back down to my roots and started tiling and then fell in love with it yeah I just I, know, I enjoyed I enjoy doing the patterns I enjoy a challenge I yeah walking into situations and jobs that people say not not gonna do it for example I just did a job with a 400 year old terracotta uh, roof tiles from Croatia a few tilers did not want to do it because of different things about the terracotta. They put a heated flooring underneath it. Mm. And I just said, give me it. I want it. Yeah, and you I, want a challenge. Yeah, right? <laughs> and I jumped into it. And the homeowner's a massive house. So they wanted a three-quarter brick joint throughout the whole house. And I was oh. like, oh, slow down. Let's let's reevaluate that. We need, we need some feature. This is some really nice tile. It's got some history. Let's do some herringbones in the bathrooms and laundries and... Now it's, it's, I don't know, just taking it to the next level, working with designers and architects and yeah. pushing it. Yeah, incredible. Uh, something like that, that terracotta job, I mean, that's, you know, uh, so, so you you said slow down, slow down, let's take a minute. Um, that takes that takes guts, you know, because not only, that whole job obviously took, you know, took balls, took, yeah. took some, you know, took some... Um, Definitely jumping in the deep end. You know what I mean? Yeah, you were you weren't playing in the shallow pool for <laughs> no, sure. Took it to the depths. But but then once you're in the door and then you start saying slow down, I think you're making a you're, you're making a mistake. I mean that also takes um, takes guts and takes dedication because you know most of us would be afraid maybe or some of us would be afraid to lose that job. Yeah. You know, so if somebody says, well, we want to do this, we're, you're going to say yes, ma'am, yes, sir. But you said what? Now what did you say again? You said let's let's do what? Uh, with the design of that, you wanted yeah. to design something. Yeah, I said let's just slow it down and, and give them a feature. I don't know. I look at the tiles, and they're real rough tiles. A lot of concave for being roof tiles. And yeah. I had a butter pack the back of some of them because there's so much concave and get enough glue so they don't break with the heat and everything. And then the bathrooms. I just had a. I, I enjoy doing patterns, and I I like. I don't know if you could see like those encaustic tiles that I do on Instagram mm-hmm. through yeah. Jatona Interiors. Yeah. I just I enjoy the patterns. I enjoy my layout. I enjoy big tiles all around the edges. I hate little cuts and little yeah. little small pieces everywhere. You know? So what's the what's the design trends over there in Australia? Let's talk about that because I know it's large format a uh, popular thing, like large thin panels. Um, it's getting there. Yeah, large fam- the large format is definitely coming around. Okay. I think in Australia, 
there's a bit of money over there and people don't mind spending it okay. to be unique and one of a kind and the population's a little I don't know it's, it's, it's just a different game it's, there's so many people here it's, it's hard to be unique and one of a kind because you, yeah. you'd be chasing it there's so, there's so many people knocking at the door of opportunity to be one of a kind and you know, it's funny you mention that. In my area, it's like it's almost like everybody wants exactly what everybody else has, yeah. and it's a flavor of the month almost. It changes every three to three to six months. Yeah, yeah. And that, I, it's crazy. And that's where taking it back to the clothing and the brand is. I always wanted to be different, and yeah. I stand out by being one of a kind. And that's what that far and few comes from. You know, it's. Yeah. I think it goes back to the squeezy as well. It's a one of a kind unit. There's nothing else like it in the world. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's coming to my lap and coming to, to me is is because you that's, a, that's the energy I strive for and like it's a good fit yeah, yeah. negativity is, is and like you just gotta be positive and the energy you put out is the energy you're gonna receive yeah and I think in California there, there's it's hard here but there's so many people and it's easier to hate than go shake hands like me and you for example yeah we both I saw you were here on Instagram you saw I was here we said let's meet up and when I saw you, it went from a handshake to a hug and the smile and just the energy that we put off to each other, like, that's, that's, there's a lot more to it, you know what I mean? And yeah. we're just, we're just touching the base of this energy at the moment. And I think energy is something that we all overlook a little bit. Yeah. Because the energy you put out, the energy, energy you receive, you know? It's funny you mentioned that. My wife and I have been studying, uh, like, energy a lot lately and, and diving into that subject and, um, even, like, energy medicine, energy healing of yeah. the body, um, because there's a lot there's a lot to be said about that you know you talked about negativity and and how you don't ever want to be negative on your yeah. pages and there's a lot to be said for that you know we see a lot of negativity and i've been guilty of it at times same, and, you know same. yeah yeah so it is easy i mean it's yeah. it's the easiest route to take it's That's the easiest it. thing to do to say uh you know what forget you my way's better yeah. you know you, you don't know what you're talking about it's easy and it's it's you know and sometimes it might be fun especially if you have a few beers and you're on social media and you might think that's entertaining and stuff yeah. but loose lips sink ships <laughs> yeah that's true that's very <laughs> true that's a good one too so i think i think you know it's it's uh the, the problem with the energy okay the negativity and the energy are so connected because if you're putting out negative things you know like like i have you know we all install tiles at times that we don't enjoy installing and it's really easy to be like, F this tile, this sucks, like my life sucks. But as soon yeah. as you start saying that, that, you know, that might be 10 o'clock in the morning, your whole day is now, is now skewed. I mean, yeah. your whole day is going to be, get worse and worse. And by the time you get home and see your loved ones, you're going to have a frown on your face. You're yeah. going to, you're going to be, you know, your muscles are going to be tight. But if you say, well, this tile isn't good, but I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to maybe let my customer know. I mean that's that's what I did on this last job and it changed everything. Things went as smoothly as possible. I mean obviously things come up in life. You know you get in a car accident or something. It's it's not fun. On the plane ride here, my plane we had to deboard the plane because it was uh, you know an hour late. There was some mechanical issues, so we had to deboard that plane. And so many people were upset, like cursing. Oh, I need to get to Vegas to to gamble or whatever, you know. And I was just like, well, at, at least you know they're checking into the problem and not you know ignoring the problem. That's it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I always look on the on the bright side. There's always there's always something to be said, you know, positive, positively if you look. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. If you're stuck in a negative route, you know, route right now, it, you know, it's because you know it's it's tough. It's tough to be to, to be positive when you've been being negative for five days in a row. You know, it's tough to have a good weekend. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. 
Yeah. Positivity, teamwork makes the dream work. And far and few know your crew at the end of the day. Like, uh, so how does this relate? How does this relate to your crew, your tile installation crew, the positive vibes and all that? I don't know. I think that my crew, I treat them like a family. Yeah, it's uh, I help them out with personal issues as well, life, okay. and and just bringing bringing family together. That's what my crew is about. Okay. I'm trying to find this. Where are we going? Airport wise. Oh, we got to go to Allegiant. Um, dropping dropping Luke off at the airport at the moment. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you so much. This is crazy. Um, <clears throat> Gate A1, A18, Allegiant. Let's see. Departing flights yeah. on the right here. So I've just had a blast here. Um, it's been incredible, man. This is, you were definitely somebody I wanted to meet when I saw you were here. I couldn't believe it because I, you know, I know you're based out of Australia there. So <clears throat> definitely a pleasure sitting with you, Luke, talking. And, uh, I'm done. Let's sharpen the pencil and Let's collaborate a little bit this year. 2019, there's a lot of new avenues, new things happening, and uh, it's been a pleasure to meet you at this trade show here. And Thank you, Derek. It's a, it's a new opportunity. Let's pave, let's pave the path. Let's do it. Let's do it. 2019 is going to be a great year. Let's see it. So thank you again for the ride. No worries, brother. All right. Hello, Tile friends. Welcome back to another episode of Tile Money, the podcast where I discuss the business of tile installation. Today I've got another awesome interview for you and I was able to get with Rod Catwick and I was really excited because recently he was featured, I believe I believe it was uh, this month, February 19, that's right, uh, featured as the uh, Tile Letter member spotlight. So went into his history a little bit. So we dive into it a little bit further. I know you're going to enjoy it. He's got some great stories and a great look outlook on life. So he, he's a tile setter from about the age of 16. He started working with it, and he's done a lot of really cool things, including building a, building up a really great um, larger-scale business that um, catered to uh, custom homes, large high-end homes. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. He also, of course, uh, is an innovator. He has several in- inventions that tile contractors can find useful for their business today. So if you're into that sort of thing, you're going to really enjoy this. So before we get into it, though, I wanted to just share the tip of the day. Today's tip of the day is brought to you by Kato Jung. And he says, uh, we were talking about working for, uh, you know, subbing, subbing tile work for general contractors. And his advice was, most contractors are willing to pay for good service. I have a contractor we have been installing for over 20 years now. He told me that my company takes the worry out of the tile work and we are worth every penny and we are by far not the cheapest. It's the service they pay for. Lots of guys can do good work, but forget about the service. So what a great statement by Cato there. I really appreciate it, Cato. Thank you for your uh, participation in my Facebook group, Tile Money. And that's where that came from. And uh, thank you for your support. Uh, You've been a fan of Tile Money from the beginning. I've enjoyed our conversations. And thank you for your donation on my GoFundMe account. It's uh, it's giving me the 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 um, the boost I need to continue to forge forward with this podcast. So thank everybody who's donated to the GoFundMe account I set forth. It's uh, allowed me to get some new equipment and allowed me to continue forward. Okay, so before we get into the 
uh, interview with Rod here, I just thought I should do a, a fair warning here. I, I thought it was my responsibility to warn you. I know a lot of times I like to listen to podcasts with my with my kid in the room or in the car. So if that's the case with you, uh, this podcast episode does have some adult language in it. And I just wanted to warn you there, uh, maybe you would want to pause this and listen to it at a later date and not in front of your uh, kids. It might not be appropriate. So there's your warning. And other than that, it's an awesome episode. I really enjoyed speaking with Rod and look forward to our continued friendship. So thank you again, Rod. And I look forward to talking to you uh, soon.